Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Co-host of the news, Richard Clucci, joins me uh, now. He's uh, I'm here in my home studio. Richard is uh, back at CJOB. Rich, just let me read a couple of uh, text messages and emails that are coming in here on Mayor Bowman, uh, who's holding a news conference as we speak, uh, reacting to the city losing the court case on impact fees yesterday. Uh, Dave says, how during Bowman's time as mayor, so many failures, hard to believe he's actually a lawyer, seems unbelievable. And then uh, Michael says, can't wait for Bowman's legacy. He wasted $500 million for his legacy bus road to nowhere. There have been a lot of missteps and and some would even say failures, Richard, at City Hall, uh, led by Bowman. And I would say there have been several failures. And the buck stops with the mayor, Brian Bowman. And uh, in that news conference, by the way, Diana Foxhall is monitoring it. Uh, He is calling... The Court of Queen's Bench decision precedent setting in the sense that, yes, impact fees can be imposed, but the way they were imposed is wrong. And as that as a lawyer, Brian Bowman should have known that or asked the key questions about that on the police union issue. He should have known that. And he had advice saying that you need to work with the union to achieve what you want to as opposed to just unilaterally imposing on this. So over the years, and and again, Brian Bowman was elected at a time where there was this sense that the city of Winnipeg was going on the wrong path with former mayor Sam Cates and uh, his CAO at the time, Phil Schiegel, that the city was being run in you know, their way, you know, the handing out the contracts, that there was something kind of, Mm -hmm. and I'll use the word slimy about it, right? And uh, the problem there is, and we're making vast generalizations here, but so did the mayor. Because he came in and one of the first things that he did wrong was he ostracized the Chipmans and the Richardsons. They had come downtown to develop True North Square, and Bowman got involved in that process. And that set the tone because he believed sincerely that all developers were bad and that he was going to change City Hall in the processes, and he still stands by that. Do you think that was a reaction, Rich? Do you think that was a reaction because of some of the accusations around Sam Cates and his mayorship? Do you think that that was a... a, a, a something that Bowman did on purpose, trying to make those people the bad people? Absolutely. In 2014, he came into office promising to clean up City Hall, a more transparent City Hall, and he still has that on his website, that yeah. he wants his legacy... Which is crazy, which is just crazy to me. Well, it is in a sense, uh, because there are many developers over the years, and I've been at this since the Susan Thompson era, and I talked to right. many people... And I spend the time talking to many individuals. And I'm going to pay you, uh, paint you a picture of a, a very isolated mayor right now in his office that has isolated himself and has made a lot of enemies, not just in the development community, but in the business community in this city. And the one thing uh, being mayor is that you don't have a whole lot of power as compared to a premier of the province. And at times, Brian Bowman tries to portray himself as a premier-like character, and he's not. He's a mayor. The city is a creature 
of the province of Manitoba. And the most powerful politician in this province is not Brian Bowman. It's Brian Pallister. And Bowman doesn't know that, or he should know that, because although the two have appeared at some news conferences, they are no closer to being friends. And I'm not saying they need to be friends, but there needs to be a respectful relationship there. And what's happening is that Brian Pallister, over the last few years, has seen a lot of deals on the table go south. Why? Because of inaction at City Hall. Why? Because Mayor Brian Bowman is not pushing the levers to get things done. He has had the key position at City Hall vacant for over a year now. That's the chief administrative officer. Mike Ruda is there. He's a caretaker. But they did a round of interviews and it came back and Bowman said, I don't have the person I want. So this is a ship without a captain on the administrative side. And that ship right now, Hal, is listing. And there is money and there are deals that are on the table that because of the fact that they don't have their act together at City Hall may go to other cities. Bowman has made a lot of enemies of a lot of people. And as a mayor, as a small player in the big political pool, he can't afford to do that. Don't you think, Rich, and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles this, because I think we're at a tipping point now for Bowman and, and uh, his EPC at City Hall. If you're going to be uh, my way or the highway kind of mayor, then you also have to take responsibility when your decisions don't work out. And I don't feel it's everybody makes mistakes. Mayors, counselors, you, Richard, I do. You probably don't make as many as I do, but I make them. We well, I make, make mistakes. mistakes. <laughs> we all but make you mistakes. own up to them. Exactly. And we have never seen that from Mayor Brian Bowman. I don't think we've ever seen that. Will we see it today? I'm I'm doubtful. But you, you can make mistakes as the mayor. But if you're going to be a strong-arm mayor, and that's a term given to him by councillors, uh, that don't uh, don't like working with him, don't feel he, he shows, and you mentioned respect. There's a lack of respect in communication at City Hall. So we'll see what happens today, but I really think we might be at a tipping point. He has just announced that they are suspending the collection of the impact fee effective today following that decision. So it doesn't appear that they're going to be appealing this in any way. Diana Foxhall will have the latest coming up on this. But... Uh, this makes so what's me... his legacy? So what is his legacy then? I'll let you I'll give you the final couple of minutes here. His legacy could be in action. His legacy could be providing the best Instagram coverage of the 2017 Canada Summer Games. <laughs> his legacy could be infrastructure and the ongoing commitment to repave, resurface and reconstruct some of our streets. He would like to be the transformational mayor that said that there is a different way of doing business at City Hall, and he still stands by that. But it's one thing to do say that, one thing to do that, and the other thing to be able then to get along and to command the respect that you need within the development community and the business community to get things done. Because I look here, and he's not completely responsible for all of it. But I look here at Polo Park and the development of the mall. I look downtown and Starlight coming in from Toronto, wanting and needing something from the city of Winnipeg. Hopefully they'll do that in the next couple of weeks to get that 
downtown redevelopment going. I have a long list that I can't that uh, that I can't get through in the next couple of minutes here, but it's money being left on the table. So his legacy right now could very well be the mayor that tried but failed. I think you're absolutely right about that. That was what I was going to say too. I think it's somebody who probably went in with the best of intentions. I I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I think he went in uh, hoping to make real change, but I think early on. He, instead of working with people, whoever that is, whether it's developers, the Chipmans, as you mentioned, uh, or other members of council, instead of working with people, he tried to strong-arm them. He tried to force things, and as a result, it's it's a mess. But even then, he won't use his power to whip the vote of executive policy committee members on important, important issues. I've spent time listening to committee meetings on Zoom, and often the questions that he asks of delegates are self-serving and not seeking information but validation. That is a sign of somebody that is running out of time and running out of credibility. I, I don't mean to be mean on this. But he still has an opportunity to step up. We're in the middle of COVID-19 and that he starts making some key decisions and starts getting people back on board. He can build this city to what it needs to be. But so far, a lot of potential that has been exhausted. Our next guest is uh, joining us on the phone, Penny Scott Mazur. Now, Penny, uh, good afternoon. First of all, nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, and I've got to start, before we get into why you're, you're on, to talk about this outdoor art market you, idea you've come up with, and I think it's great. i got to tell everybody, Penny was one of the first people I met uh, when I came to Winnipeg in, well, we probably would have seen each other in 89 or, or 90, Penny, because Ron Abel, my mentor, the guy that I came to Winnipeg to work with, introduced us. And uh, you had a beautiful home over in Tuxedo, met you, and then I think every five or six years we see each other. <laughs> and the last time you and I saw each other, I think was up in Gimli, and we were we were chatting, and you were telling me about your art, and you come up with a great idea now. I want to hear about your art, too, but tell everybody about this outdoor art market. This is a perfect event for a pandemic. Well, it all started at probably about 3 o'clock in the morning where I was doing my favorite self-isolating event, which is online shopping. And (laughs) I realized that I had actually probably come too close to knowing well the UPS driver and the Purolator driver and the Canada Post (laughs) people. So I thought, you know, there's got to be something else to do. And I thought, what is it that I would really love to do? And my thought was, wouldn't it be nice to have an event close by? something that leaned more to the artistic, uh, something that included some education, maybe even some food and a nice cool drink. And it just hit me. I have an acre and a half property literally right next door. And I just picked up the phone not even 10 days ago, and here we are. I have um, currently about 20 vendors. Uh, I have artisans. I have craftspeople. I am blessed that uh, Artist Emporium will also be there. So if you find yourself looking at the art and find yourself motivated, you can actually buy some art supplies while you're there. And if you are like me and find yourself overwhelmed once you're holding those art supplies, Forum <laughs> Art Center will also be there, and they, will be, they have a table set up to even show you which way to go to take lessons from them. 
This is a fantastic idea because it gives us something to do. Uh, you're supporting local artists who could probably, uh, you know, sell a piece or two right now, right? I mean, everybody, everybody, including artists, are struggling. You've involved charities. Tell us about the charity angle. Okay, um, so I was really also fortunate. I mean, like I said, this has just exploded in the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, I actually got a phone call yesterday from Torque Brewery, and they're on board. And nice. and they also um, the the charity that you spoke about that is so near and dear to my heart is uh, Gimli Humane Society. So not only are they going to be there, they're also going to help me raise some funds for them. Um, I I'm not in a position because I'm doing this entirely on my own. I'm sponsoring it. It's free to the vendors. It's free to the attendees. Um, but we will have some items for a free draw. And if people want at that point to contribute to a silver collection, all those monies are going directly to the Gimli Humane Society. As you say, also at this point, they are down in their donations. Sure. Okay, so it's so. Tell us, can you tell us where it's happening? And it's happening on September 13th. That's the plan, right? September 13th, but because of you know that thing called weather we do have a rain date which would be the sunday after we even mm-hmm. have a name for it we've called it find art on henderson highway um the property is pretty much right smack dab in the middle of winnipeg and lockport uh it's at 5456 henderson uh considering covid and all the other things that one has to think about it this time mm-hmm. the property is about 200 feet across but it has a u-shaped drive it used to be an old farm homestead and uh so people can actually come in on one side the vendors can set up all the way around the drive and they can exit on the other side we even have a food truck we have a, a food truck coming so it it should be really a lot of fun I want to help you with this, Penny. You, you said you're doing this alone. I want to help you with it, and we're going to have you on closer to the event and make sure people know about it, uh, because I think this is a, such a great idea on on so many different levels. You were about to say something else. Go ahead. Well, I am. At this point, uh, I reached out yesterday because I really don't want anything to happen to... I mean, everybody's been so wonderful and and so responsive. And I know with COVID-19, there are restrictions so that life is a lot different. So I do have mm-hmm. a letter that I'm waiting to hear back from the Manitoba government about what right. restrictions, because I kind of follow between a farmer's market and a garage sale. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we have about... I shall I call them my phase one vendors. I have enough vendors at that point, <laughs> but hopefully so much I will have a phase two and phase three. So um, I'm going to, if that's fine, give you my email address. And Absolutely. if somebody feels that uh, they've got something artistic to sell or to demonstrate, uh, please feel free to, to email me. Please also know that I'm very limited in the spaces and uh, depending what happens between now and the middle of September, but mm-hmm. anybody that does email me, uh, send me at least one picture of what you do. And no matter what, I will get back to you, whether it's a yay or a nay or thank you or let's do this again next year. Okay. What's the email address? Penny, <laughs> 51 at mts.net. Penny, 51 at mts.net. 
Yes, like Penny, I wish I were still 51 at MTS. Yes, well, I know Penny. My my sister's name is Penny. I think you probably know that. But uh, So Penny51 at MTS.net, first come, first serve. I love this idea, Penny. And you know what? It's going to be a great opportunity to see you again because it's been a couple of years since I saw you in Gimli. So this will be good. Can I ask you? I'm in sunny Gimli as we speak. I'm sitting outside at my college. Are you? Yes, I am. I will will be there. I will be there very soon. Jackie and I are going to be off for a couple of weeks, so I will be up there uh, very soon. And who knows, maybe we can even uh, socially distance and get together uh, for, a, for a drink or something because I will be on uh, on holidays. Can I ask you about your art? You sent me a couple of uh, shots uh, in an email. Tell me wh- what you do. and it, They're beautiful, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, what I do with my art, my, my uh, I guess everybody has um, an end goal. And my end goal is to spend every cent of my children's inheritance on art supplies. <laughs> and I'm really doing well, especially with this isolation and Amazon, let me tell you. But uh, the pictures that I sent you, it's actually uh, a medium. It's called Scratchboard. And it's probably something along the lines that we all did when we were kids. Like, you know, you would color uh, a piece of paper with all sorts of colors, and then yeah. you would color it with black, and then you would scratch that's what this is. This is actually a board that is covered in clay, and then the clay is covered in um, an India ink, and then you just scratch. You scratch. Mm. It's like drawing in reverse. You have to think backwards, so it's something I'm actually very good at. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's beautiful, and I'm so happy to be able to help you out with this. I think it's great. Again, September 13th is the day. Uh, with the rain and you're calling. With the rain date the following Sunday, it's called Find Art. And if you want to get a hold of Penny and find out more or get involved, it's Penny51 at MTS.net. And Penny, just hearing your voice reminds me of my friend Ron, and I know how dear he was to you, too. And well, you so it's said, just... Oh, he was... You know what? I heard Ron the first time when I was probably about 12 or 15 years old. I woke up to him, uh, and he made me laugh when I was, like, 15 years old, and it was it was a tradition that continued but you said we met in the early 90s so i didn't realize we were both like only about six years old (laughs) well right exactly yes we're youngins you bet absolutely (laughs) uh penny you've got a great sense of humor i look forward to the event and as i said any help i can give you in the meantime because you're involving listen you know my my hershey and and uh, the late great PETA. i love animals so gimli humane society i'm in i'm looking forward to it and again if people want to find out more or get involved penny 51 at mts.net penny thanks a lot one last thing in case you are trying to find us uh my daughter will be when when we do know a little bit more what's happening through the government once i get my response there will be a facebook page and it will be under find art on henderson all right excellent penny scott mazer thanks a lot see you soon thank you hal We begin our Thursday afternoon, second half of our Thursday afternoon together here, as we always do, with Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. Uh, Carolyn, I I see your comment on on Twitter here. Uh, Are you worried that you're you're a rut? What are you you getting at? That you're a regular guest. We love having you every Thursday. I wouldn't call this a rut. Well, thank you. I'd I'd like to not be a rut. Um, uh, It's good to be with you. It's just sort of, it's routine for us now, hey? 
It is, but that's but it's a good routine. You know, there are, I, there are some things that are good, and I, I always feel better after we spend half an hour together here on, on Thursday afternoons. I'm going on vacation for a couple of weeks, so you will be working with Kathy Kennedy next Thursday and the Thursday after that. So I'm looking forward to a break. We'll get to vacation in a moment, and because it's definitely going to be a different vacation, and I want to talk about that. But uh, just a quick comment from you. Another day of no new cases of COVID-19 that nine straight now that's the best streak since the pandemic began here in manitoba and in winnipeg um i had uh, dr kindrachuk on yesterday and and he basically said we we should be celebrating the great job we've done i think we should get a gold star or a red ribbon or something right when you look at what is going on in the rest of the world you realize that uh, while perhaps our positioning in where we are in the continent helps we know that we would not be here if we hadn't collaborated together to flatten the curve, to drop the curve. We have done well together as Manitobans, and I hope that we just have a feather in our hat for uh, – we, we can just be proud of what we've done, right? This is so crazy wonderful. What happens – I'm just curious to know sort of the psychology behind this. When you're having a great streak like that, I think some people will double down and go, we got to keep this up, and other people will maybe get complacent. But I guess maybe that's just that we're all different and not the same, eh? It is, but I think there's a psychological reason why it's easy to get complacent, because our best efforts have made sure that nothing has happened. And it's much easier to be motivated when you work really hard to make something happen but what we're trying to do is have people not get sick. And so it's sort of like speed limits, for example. Right? When you're driving down the road and you know the speed limit is 50, you can get sort of frustrated because you think, if I went 60 or 70, I probably wouldn't have an accident. And that might be true, but we know that if everybody drove that much faster, there would be some accidents, but we don't know who or what. And so it, it can be hard to stay motivated to hold the line when what we're trying to do is prevent nothing from happening and we're being successful at that. But no news is kind of underwhelming, right? Yeah, right. Um, okay, to vacation now. I'll, I'll tell you, I had some days that I had to use or lose, you know, as is off the case. So I used them. I had no problem with that. But then when I was asked, okay, what vacation days do you want this summer? I was like, well, I don't want to go on vacations. Pandemic, you know, I, I kind of <laughs> didn't want to take a break. But I'll be honest with you, I'm ready for a break. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, we may not want to take a break because we can't go anywhere. We can't do many of the things that we would normally do on vacation or if we took some holidays. But maybe more than ever, it's important that we get that break, eh? I do think it's important to take a break. And I think we're so used to, you know, when summer comes around and the kids are on school vacation and the warm weather is out, you know, we all get the travel itch and we have plans and we spend months dreaming about where we're going to camp or trip we're going to take, where we're going to fly. And because none of that can happen, it's hard to sort of feel in that vacation mode. But we know that there are really important benefits to vacation, whether you are going away or whether you're staying at home. That um, leave from work is something that we all need because of how it's simply good for us. And I can give you four quick benefits to it if you yeah, like. Yeah, please do. So the first is stress reduction. We know that when often people don't even realize the stress they're under until they go on vacation and then they realize, oh, this is what it's like not to have work on top of the rest of my life. And it helps us be mindful and be aware of how we might want to do things differently when we're back on vac- when we're back to work because we realize what the contrast is in a way we couldn't possibly know until we're on vacation. 
It prevents heart disease. We know there's been a bunch of studies that have been done that even a missing one year's vacation was associated with a higher risk of heart vacation. Men at risk for heart disease who skipped vacations for five consecutive years were 30% more likely to suffer heart attacks than those who took off at least a week each year. Like, those are real hard stats. Hmm. We know that there's improved capacity, that when people um, took vacations, that their performance at the end of the year, they went up compared to people who hadn't taken vacations. And so it re-energizes, refreshes you, and you come back ready to do better work. And it provides better sleep. It can, when people are feeling like they're stressed and they're working, uh, vacations can kind of provide a reset on sleep. And so that when people go back to work, they find that they're better able to rest and they feel they wake up feeling more rested. And so all around vacations, even if it's a staycation, if you can find some creative ways to enjoy some time off, take that time off and enjoy it. You know how there are times in a person's life where you're told, well, don't make any, don't make any big decisions right now, right? Maybe a marriage has come to an end or maybe your job has changed or, you know, well, just see what, don't make any. I kind of feel like we're in a time like that now during COVID-19. Mm. I feel like we're in a time of our lives where we shouldn't make any big decisions, any drastic decisions because this is a period of time and maybe it will never get back to normal or what was normal but i feel like it's a time that we shouldn't be making decisions based on this three or four months because it is so different and we we kind of don't know what the new normal is going to be does that make sense oh that's so insightful hal you're right after sort of something that cataclysmic has happened you often sort of want to let the dust settle before you make decisions that are going to impact you for very much longer. And we are in the middle of that, and we're not out of it yet. And so I think people need to be thoughtful. And as they make – people have a lots of chance to be mindful and to notice things during this time and to make plans for doing things different in the future. But I think people have to be careful about how they might pull a trigger on things that might affect them for, you know, decades to come. Mm-hmm. Hey, nice uh... – a nice text message here from Kathy at 204-780-6868. Hal, every week I look forward to your Thursday segment with Carolyn Klassen. It's my favorite part of your show. Always feel a connection and learn something. Thanks, Carolyn. You're definitely not in a rut. That's from Kathy. Isn't that nice? Kathy just made my day. Thank you. And I know how, Kathy, I know how important that kind of stuff is to Carolyn. Carolyn's not here for the big bucks. Yes, she makes a lot of money, but that's not why she's here. (laughs) Threw you under the bus there, Carolyn. Carolyn makes nothing to be here. Carolyn is here, and not because she likes my company, because she really, truly doesn't. Uh, I do. I I know you do. I'm just messing around. I know you are here because you want to try and change lives. And you see this as an opportunity every Thursday to have an impact on many lives in half an hour. And so when you get feedback like that from Kathy, and I've shared other feedback with you, Carolyn, that means everything to you because you really do uh, have that in your heart wanting to help people. Encouragement just fuels the soul, absolutely. And there's so often where I have conversations with people one-on-one in an office where they disclose things to me and we have these really meaningful conversations. And you can tell they're eating them up. And I just would love to be able to use this as a time to talk more broadly about the kinds of things that need to get talked about that people wonder where else can we talk about them. So it's a gift to me that you allow me this opportunity to chat with you regularly on CJLB. 
Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.